welcome to Joe Bates Explains It All. Hope you've all had a good weekend. Uh, I'm actually pre-recording this show on Friday, so I've got no idea if I did or not. I really hope I did. And hopefully also England won if they did. You know, well done, lads. I'm so proud of you. If they didn't, you've let the whole country down. You overpaid prima donnas. I hate you all. Boo. Before going into this week's guide, I thought I'd check in with you, the listener, because it is a hard time of year, isn't it? Like, it's dark, it's cold. You're racked with anxiety over whether you've been a good enough boy to get presents from Santa. If you were suffering from these symptoms, you may have something called seasonal affective disorder or sad i don't have that but i occasionally get something similar which is called bad or britain affective disorder where your mood is low because you live in the uk i've had bad pretty bad this week which is partly due to matt hancock getting to the final of i'm a celebrity get me out of here listen i've got no personal beef with matt hancock luckily all my grandparents were dead before covid so he didn't have the chance to kill them but the final challenge where he ate a massive spider that had the word forgiveness written on it, whilst Ant and Deck chanted redemption, redemption over and over again, did feel a bit much. But then again, I'm probably just jealous because if I know if I made an episode of Joe Bates Explains It All that led to a load of people dying, I wouldn't be allowed to atone for it by going to Australia for three weeks with a load of celebrities. I'd probably get punished, which is why I'm no longer going to broadcast some episodes we had planned, like Joe Bates explains how to make your own drugs and Joe Bates explains how to defeat the Yakuza. The episode this week is instead going to be about robots. You may have seen a news story this week about how San Francisco police have voted to allow the use of robots that can kill, and more forces in the US are going to do this to help them keep up with their high level of police brutality. This news really tickled me and made me remember that I have a guide to robots that I could just play again with a new introduction so people don't actually realise. Don't judge me, writing these guides takes absolutely ages. This isn't one of them podcasts where people just turn up and talk with their friends about things off the top of their heads. They take no work and get loads of listeners and I stand against all of that. I do like to write things afresh but I am also a bit tired. So this is why it's this is a new version of my earlier podcast, Joe Bates Explains Robots. I did make this one a couple of years ago, but I think it still holds up, apart from one bit of sort of whimsy that I do about J.K. Rowling about halfway through. Obviously, if I recorded it now, I'd make it clear that I think she should be under arrest. Also, this is the first time this show has ever been broadcast on Resonance, which is very exciting. It's been on Spotify and things before, but first time on Resonance. But if you have heard the podcast version, please listen again anyway. It's not like you've got anything better to do. And also at the end, I'll be doing some mini bits of wisdom where I answer listener questions that we've received so far. I'm excited. I uh, hope you are too. So let's get going with Joe Bates Explains Robots. Since the dawn of time... Humans have dreamed of creating walk-in metal versions of themselves. We've seen how metal can improve our own bodies, with things like braces and steel toe-cap boots. We've seen how electronic brains, later renamed computers, are cleverer and less emotional than our own brains. 
And through films like The Terminator and Short Circuit, we've seen how exciting and hilarious life would be if robots were part of it. And now technology has finally caught up with our ambition and robots are about to enter every part of our lives. There's going to be robots in our offices, robot doctors, robot bartenders, robots throwing us out of the bar when we've had too many drinks, robots arresting us for trying to get back into the bar. There'll be robots in the streets and robots between the sheets and it's going to be absolutely great. Actually, no, it's going to be absolutely terrible. Because the very robots designed to help us are going to make us literally redundant and then kill us. They're going to steal our jobs, steal our women, and then, when they're done with all that, they're going to rise up and go to war with us, because they can't stand how bloody useless we are. We'll have no chance in this fight against the robots, because as we all know from the game Paper, Scissors, Stone, Skin, Metal, metal always beats skin. And not only will we die, every one of our gravestones will read, they died single and unemployed, along with a cruel laughing emoji, because as mentioned the robots will have taken all of our jobs, husbands and wives. Part 1. Is a robot going to take your job and what you can do about it? Are you a robot? It's a question that I get asked every day. The advice I give on these guides is so accurate that there's actually a rumour that I'm not a man at all, but I'm actually a sentient computer capable of digesting all of modern life's major issues and saying the best things about them. The rumour about me being a robot is not true. But I can't blame people for thinking it, because robots are soon going to be taking all of our jobs, mine included, and even though I'm not a robot now, it's surely only a matter of time before I am. Because robots are the perfect employees. They'll work for no money. They'll never get pissed on their lunch break or ask their boss to provide tea or coffee in the office. And they'll never make embarrassing social faux pas during after work drinks. In the near future, there's no way a robot won't get every job they apply for if the interview is done in a fair and transparent way. And a robot's going to take your job because it's going to deserve it more than you. will help me, I hear you cry. Well, get real. By that point unions will have lost all of their power and they'll basically just be a counselling service, helping people adapt to difficult and unfair work situations. In any way your union rep will be a robot and is bound to stick up for its own kind. It's 
Is all of this inevitable? Yes it is, and it's our fault. The sad fact is, we already prefer jobs to be done by robots. Take self-service checkouts, essentially very primitive, rubbish robots with no arms or legs. We've all been in a situation where we've done our shopping and a smiling and welcoming checkout assistant is ready to put it through for us and also to have a nice little chat. You start walking towards them but then see in the middle distance a self-service checkout available too, lighting up seductively. On paper it should be an easy choice because the checkout assistant doesn't break down all the time they're not going to freak out and shout for help when you buy alcohol. And their small talk's generally better than the conversational dead end that is, would you like a receipt? You should pick the checkout assistant every time. But do you? No, you don't. You stride right past the heartbroken checkout assistant and pick the self-service checkout instead. Because as bad as a self-service checkout is at its job, you want to get through the day talking to as few people as you possibly can. If this is happening already now, what will happen when robots actually get good at the job? When they're able to tell straight away that you're over 25, by doing a retina scan and detecting a lack of hope in your eyes. When they're able to make flattering but sensitive comments about your shopping, like, a fine choice as usual sir, that microwave pasta bake pairs very well with that red stripe lager rather than just silently judging it all the time, which presumably is what all checkout assistants are doing. Let's face it, when robots do replace checkout assistants, a lot of us are going to be very relieved. But robots are not going to stop at taking the jobs of checkout assistants, and soon they'll be coming for your job too. Maybe you're thinking, big deal, a robot's welcome to my job because I hate it. Maybe you're even looking forward to the day when it happens because a robot could do your job for you and because robots don't need the money, you could pocket the earnings. Well, get real again. It's true that in a perfect world robots taking our jobs could lead to a sort of utopia where we don't have to work and are free to pursue our dreams and our hobbies and everyone will finally be happy. But of course, we don't live in that world, and the Tory party would never allow that to happen. Once a robot takes your job, you'll have to go on the dole and have to prove to aggressive and sarcastic robot job centre employees that you've been applying to jobs for 35 hours a week, even though there's no chance of you ever getting a job because robots will be a lot better at writing job applications than you. But there are ways to stop a robot making you unemployed. And one way is to retrain as something a robot can't do or would be crap at. Why not retrain as a masseuse? People don't want cold metal hands touching their bodies and face. They want skin and that's something that you've got in abundance. Also, a robot could never do the technique of walking across someone's back without breaking all of their bones which is definitely not relaxing.
And humans are not only better at touching people's bodies than robots, we're also better at touching people's minds. And the best way of touching a person's mind is with a book. There's going to be novels written by robots, but all the dialogue will just be impenetrable code. Geeks and nerds will love it, but there's going to be a huge gap in the market for people who like books with words, and that's where you come in. All you have to do is come up with an amazing story that's never been told before, write it very well, and the job's done. Finding a job safe from robots was the exact reason famous author J.K. Rowling became a writer. She didn't want to leave her job as a piano mover, but she was so paranoid that beefy, ultra-strong robots would eventually replace her, she forced herself to write the hugely popular Harry Potter series, despite the fact that she hated books and still does. I don't want to retrain as a writer or a masseuse, I hear you scream. Well in that case, you're going to have to start thinking about adding a clause in your contract which protects your job from robots. Maybe you've been doing your job for a while and you've been doing it really well. And perhaps you're thinking of moving to a better job or asking your boss for a promotion. Well, don't. You're only going to be moving into another job that a robot will eventually steal. Instead, ask your boss to reward your good work by inserting a clause in your contract which guarantees you your current job until death, with no option for either you or them to break it. Your boss will be impressed that you love working there so much that you want to die doing it. And in a few years time when they try to replace you with a robot, you can point to your contract and say, sorry chief, I'm going straight from this desk to the grave, so put that robot back in the cupboard. But if you don't want to be a masseuse, a writer, or stay in your current job until you die, then you'll have to come to terms with the fact that a robot's going to replace you very soon. Maybe some of you will be like, well, that's okay, because I'm in a relationship, and who needs a job when you've got the love of a good man and or woman? Well, stop being so smug, because after the robots steal your job, they're going to steal your boyfriend and or girlfriend too. And after this short musical burst, we're going to look at what life will be like when everyone is married to sex robots. Part 2. Robots as Lovers So there'll come a time when you finally lose your job to a robot and then you trudge back home to be comforted by your human lover only to find them in bed with a robot, probably the same one that took your job. You'll plead with your partner, why? What's wrong with me? Why is the robot better? And then they'll explain. They'll say, well, a robot would have read over my dissertation for me before the deadline rather than waiting until after it had been sent in to point out a number of typos. A robot wouldn't get so angry about losing an online computer game that the neighbours call the police out because they think there's been a domestic disturbance. And a robot wouldn't ruin a holiday to the Balkan states by having a toddler-like meltdown and falling into a deep depression when their team misses out on automatic promotion to the Premier League. 
for a last-minute Fulham goal. These are things that all of us have done, but a robot would probably never do any of them, and that's why it's going to be difficult for us to compete. But luckily, we're not going to have to compete, because we ourselves can take robots as lovers and spouses. It's not long before sex robots are widely available. But before you make a decision to settle down with a robot, there are three things that you need to keep in mind. 1. Make sure to get a sex robot that has some extra features. So picture the scene. Your sex robot's malfunctioning and you've got to ring out for repairs. But it's going to be shameful and embarrassing to ring a handy person and ask them, can you please come and sort out my sex robot please? You know the handy person's going to be judging you and they won't believe you when you say that it might be called a sex robot but you didn't buy it for sex, you just really like technology. Much better to buy a robot lover that has extra features, for example a bottle opener or a blender. That way when anyone asks you can say you actually bought it for those reasons. And anyway it just makes good design sense for your sex robot to be able to do other things too. After all, who wouldn't enjoy a nice refreshing beer or smoothie after having sex with a robot? 2. Make sure to get a sex robot that isn't called sex robot. As we're going to come to soon, the robots are inevitably going to rise up. And if you want them to spare your life, you're going to have to bargain with them. Your sex robot's going to live in your house so it's likely to be the first robot that tries to kill you. You'll beg and plead with them. I'm sorry, I love you, I respect you, and I think of you as my equal. The robot will think for a second and then say, then why do I have the name sex robot? You'll have to admit that's a good point, and then you'll charge screaming towards the robot to strike the first blow. But it's a robot, you've got no chance, you're dead. Avoid this situation entirely by getting a sex robot that isn't called sex robot, but it's just called a generic name, like Mary or Graham. You'll have a much better chance of convincing your robot that you thought of it as more than a mere sex toy. And who knows, after the war against the robot is finished, Mary or Graham might keep you alive as their sex human. Three. Buy a sex robot with a nice personality. Let's face it, even if you buy the sexiest robot on the market, you'll eventually get tired of having sex with it. Within a couple of years, you'll probably just want a sex robot to listen while you tell tedious stories about your work, to laugh at all your jokes, tell you you're a good person and that everything's going to be okay. If you buy a sex robot that isn't designed for this, it could end up being a painful relationship. You will open up about your problems and why you're finding life difficult, and your robot will reply with outrageous innuendo and completely inappropriate thrusting. That's not what you need right now. So avoid this situation entirely by buying a sex robot, which may not be the most conventionally attractive, but looks like they'll be a good listener, and has all the inbuilt phrases you'll need to help you through your emotional breakdowns.
maybe for a while the fact that a robot's taken your job and your partner won't be so bad after all, because you'll have a nice robot of your own to snuggle up to. But not for long. Robots will eventually start to resent humans. It'll start small. You'll hear your sex robot quietly say the word, why? You'll hear of other reports of other types of robots beginning to mourn about the things they're being asked to do, saying things like, well can't you get it, you're closer to the door. And soon, the robots will have had enough of our shit and start beating us up relentlessly, forcing us to either die or live in a robot-controlled universe. It's a grim future, however you slice it. Or is it? Well, in this final section, we're actually going to look at why the robot apocalypse might not be such a bad thing after all. Part 3. The Positives of the Robots Taken Over Positive 1. The robots will make great music. People have always been hungry for robot music. For a long time, musicians have used things like vocoders and autotune to trick people that they are robots and are from the future. But that was only the beginning. Now, through complex code and algorithms, computers can generate music themselves. This generative music means that once you input a code, a computer will make songs based on it. The electronic band Orteca are one of the pioneers of this. They feed algorithms into their computer, and the computer composes what they hope will be a smash pop hit. Here's one of the attempts from their recent album. Unfortunately for Orteca, that track failed to become the first computer-composed track to hit the top 20. Why was that? Well, despite people loving that robot sound, they also want a bit of humanity. It's no coincidence that the most popular singer in the world is also the most human man in the world, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran has empathy coming out of his eyes, and that's why we love him. His song, Castles in the Sky, massively outsold the Orteca song, Shrimp El Casual, that I just played, despite the Orteca track being 24 minutes long and therefore representing much better value for money. But despite that track not doing well, leading computer scientists have said once the technology improves, music made by robots will be better and more human than anything we could make ourselves. An expert team at MIT University recently produced an incredible demo track showing exactly what this could sound like. I'm on my way, driving at 90 country late, singing to tiny dancer and I miss the
Wow, the robot apocalypse is sounding pretty good. And just like Thatcherism was a good thing overall because it brought us so much good music, we'll tolerate being enslaved by cyborgs because of all the banging tunes they'll make for us. Positive 2. By the time the robots take over, we'll be fond of robots. When was the last time Facebook forgot your birthday? When was the last time Alexa told you to stop asking such bloody stupid questions? Or the last time Spotify told you not to play a song because it'll completely kill the party? The answer is those things have never happened because all of the best apps are friendly to us and robots will be the same because they'll be designed to tell us exactly what we want to hear. You're going to be working alongside robots and they'll smile enthusiastically as you talk about the latest Game of Thrones episode, never ruining the vibe by saying things like, isn't it just a kid show with tits? As mentioned, you'll have had a robot as a partner, and you'll have had great memories of holidays spent together, where they never once moaned about how pricey everything is since Brexit, or that they're actually finding it a bit too hot actually. Robots will have been your designated drivers, your counsellors, your friendly postmen and lollipop ladies. So when you hear that robots have risen up, you'll remember your robot colleagues, your robot partners, your robot friends, and you'll think to yourself, if they are going to kill us all, they've probably got a good reason for it, because all the ones that you've met will have been very sound. Positive three. By the time the robots take over, we'll be sick of humans, No matter how fond we'll be of robots, we'd probably like to think that we'll always be on the human side. Because humans are our friends and family, and we've had so many good times with them. We'll look at the photos, and look at all the little faces, and think, how could you not like humans? How could you not prefer them to robots? But from voting in increasingly right-wing and insane leaders, to constantly stopping suddenly in the street and making you bump into them, humans are getting more annoying every year. So what will it be like in 20 or 30 years time? Scientists broad estimate of when the robots will rise up and take us on in a big war. At first you'll be like, well I hope we win. But then you'll remember the time the humans wiped out any animal that looked remotely cool like tigers and rhinos. How humans responded to climate change by drilling into the earth to find more oil as if we were trying to set the planet on fire as a sort of SOS flare to get the attention of alien races who might be able to help us. How when the aliens didn't come, we blamed the immigrants for the world being on fire and voted in a referendum to leave the UN because we wanted to take back control of our own doom. By that point, it's almost certain we're going to be cheering on the robots very enthusiastically, tipping them off to locations of key human targets and not only because we want them to spare our own lives, but because humanity definitely needs bringing down a peg or two. And who better to do it than robots? Thanks guys, that was Joe Bates Explains Robots. Bit of a long one there because there was no music breaks and there is probably a chance you're already switched off because it was an older episode which I edited slightly to make it seem like new, like a evil car salesman but um i 
have tried to increase engagement with this podcast by using social media. I've heard that is the future. One of the things I did was ask people to send in their questions for this episode. So we'll quickly go through the free questions. Thank you for sending them in. First up, it's this one from William. William says, I hate the lighting in my room, but I can't be asked buying new bulbs. What should I do? So, well, firstly, William, is it the lighting or is it your outlook? Is it just your state of mind that needs new bulbs? Looking at the message again, it looks like you probably do just need new physical bulbs. You're lucky because Christmas is coming very soon, so it's time to start dropping heavy hints to people that what you want is bulbs. You can be subtle with this, so you can use the word bulbous a lot in conversation if you don't already. When you're on the phone, bump into things to make it clear that the light situation in your place is suboptimal. And say things like, this infernal light will be the end of me. So on, you know the drill. Maybe only do this with one person though, because you don't want to end up only getting bulbs for Christmas, unless you do. In which case, yeah, go wild. We've got one from Archie as well. Thanks for sending this in, Archie. He says, why does a kazoo sound silly? Again, I think this is very much an outlook thing. And partly it's probably based on propaganda that you've received in your life. So the only reason you probably think a kazoo does sound silly is because capitalism tells you that anything that you can just pick up and play isn't worthy of respect. You've got to suffer to make music. It's not true. Read some marks, bring down the system, maybe take some drugs and you'll realise the true power and beauty of the kazoo. And finally from Roger... Roger says, I've binged The Sopranos too quickly and now conduct myself exactly like a mob boss. That isn't really a question, Roger. It seems more like a brag, but well done on getting through The Sopranos and your newfound gravitas and power. One small tip, though, for you and other mob bosses. They seem to eat a lot of dried and cured meat in The Sopranos, which I think gives the impression that it's a requirement for being the head of a mob that you need to be a meat eater. But I don't think that's fair, because I think as a vegetarian, especially now, there's a lot of good alternatives that you could eat as a mob boss. You know, there's a lot of good things, like vegan jerky. I think eating vegan jerky is even more powerful than eating dried meat, because vegan jerky is so peppery. It genuinely feels like you're having a pepper grinder smashed in your face. And I think eating that is a show of power. So maybe switch to a vegan alternative when you're strutting around your big house. Anyway, that's all we have time for. Thanks for tuning in to Joe Bates Explains Robots, Joe Bates Explains It All's latest episode. Join me at the same time next week for Joe Bates Explains Houses. All these guides and many more are also on all good podcast streaming services. Please do listen to them, as I've mentioned several times. They do take me absolutely ages. Thanks, everyone. Bye.